0: Are hedge funds actually a stabilizing force for our financial system? That's the topic for today's Take 15 from CFA Institute. I'm Dave Larrabee, and I'm joined by Sebastian Malaby. Sebastian's with the Council on Foreign Relations and a recognized expert on matters related to global economics. He's also a contributing editor at the Financial Times, and he's written several books, including his latest, the widely acclaimed More Money Than God, which chronicles the evolution of the hedge fund industry. This book is a terrific read, and I think it cements Sebastian's reputation as a leading voice on hedge funds. Sebastian, welcome. Great to be with you. Well, it's no secret that hedge, funds, hedge fund managers are generally not well thought of by the public at large, uh, but it seems that even fellow investment professionals uh, hold them in low regard as well. Uh, CFA Institute recently polled their membership and found that 60 percent of our members see hedge funds as a destabilizing force on the financial system. Uh, you take a contrarian view, and actually defend hedge funds as a stabilizing force in the markets. Uh, Two questions. Uh, First of all, why do you think uh, hedge funds have such a bad reputation? And secondly, if you would, explain what people may be missing and, and why you see hedge funds as a force for good in the markets.
1: Sure. Well, I think there is an interesting double standard in the culture that if you have four quantitative people, right, and they set up a boutique company on the West Coast, they're probably doing software and everyone loves it. And it's on the cover of business magazines and people celebrate that. But if they have four quantitative people on the East Coast and they set up their boutique company, it's probably a hedge fund and people don't like that. Now, why do they not like it? Well, I think it's partly that there is a resentment of the secrecy. Hedge funds are necessarily secretive because they have proprietary secrets. You cannot get intellectual property protection uh, for a trading idea as you could do for a pharmaceutical. So therefore you protect it with secrecy, and I think that breeds suspicion. And then, of course, there's the money. The fact that these guys make so much money. The fact that there's a reason why I called my book More Money Than God. Uh, that also breeds some resentment. So I think it's understandable. Uh, I do think it's wrong, though, because if you look at the financial crisis, uh, essentially the document dumped from the Federal Reserve that we had afterwards shows how the government bailed out almost any kind of institution you can think of uh, investment banks, of course, were bailed out in terms of uh, Morgan Stanley and Goldman being saved from following Lehman Brothers and uh, Bear and Merrill in disappearing. Um, uh, you had, uh, in the same way, um, deposit-taking banks like Citigroup, uh, which had to be uh, propped up. You had money market funds, which were given a kind of blanket guarantee by the government. You had insurance companies like AIG. But the hedge funds were not saved by the taxpayers. And I think that's something that people have to reckon with, you know, uh, when they say that hedge funds are destabilizing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you pointed out that you know, thousands of, of hedge funds have failed over the past uh, decade or so um, with no government bailouts. Um, yet certainly there were thousands of investors, hedge fund clients, um, that were impacted by these failures. Doesn't that alone point to the need for some oversight
1: No. I mean, clients lost money. They should lose money. They took risk, and when you take risk in a capitalist system, you should be willing to take the consequences if it goes wrong. Uh, If the argument for hedge fund regulation is that we should regulate anything that might make a loss any time, I mean, that's the end of capitalism. Uh, So I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, Hedge funds manage about, what, $2 trillion in in assets. Um, Critics uh, generally argue that their high turnover, their use of leverage, uh, derivatives, um, and um, their use of shorting uh, give them this outsized impact on the markets. Um, Do you think that risk is overstated?
1: Yeah. I mean, A.W. Jones, who was the first hedge fund manager, set up his fund in 1949. He actually called it a hedged fund. He had this great phrase. He said he used speculative means for conservative ends. Because you can combine these things, shorting, leverage, in a way that actually ends up with a lower uh, volatility than a classic long-only instrument. And if you take the volatility of a set of hedge funds, whether it's the HFRX index or some other index you choose, most of the time you find it's less volatile. Uh, than just buying a stock in uh, Bank of America or some other blue-chip company, right? Uh, pick your one. And I think if you, if, you, if, you ask, if you make that point, you think, well, why is the government saying to individual investors it's fine to go out and buy a single stock, right? We're not regulating that. But you cannot invest in hedge funds because they are too risky. Well, what's the definition of risk? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We, you often hear about uh, crowded trades mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to hedge funds. Uh, is there a point... Uh, where these funds pose a collective risk, uh, that is when small enough to fail, I think that was a a term you coined in your book, becomes too big to fail?
1: Yes, I mean, of course there is. Uh, In fact, there has been one almost too big to fail incident in the history of hedge funds, which was long-term capital management in 1998, which got the Fed worried enough that the Fed convened the famous meeting where the lenders bailed out the, the hedge fund. So that was on the brink of being uh, too big to fail. Uh, the government put zero money in, but the government was worried, right? And you're right, exactly, that crowded trade- trades can consist of a bunch of uh, smaller funds, none of them individually too big to fail, but collectively, systemically uh, threatening. But I feel like we've run the experiment a bit, right? Because there was the famous uh, sort of um, uh, start bust in the summer of uh, 2007, when a bunch of um, program-driven equity traders simultaneously in one week lost a ton of money uh, in huge volatility. But in fact, they all traded out of that. And you wouldn't have noticed. If you were working one of those funds, you had the worst week of your life. But if you were a normal investor, because these are long, short funds, that when they blow up, they're actually not changing the level of the market index, necessarily. And it's something that most people outside hedge fund space have totally forgotten. Um, so I think, you know, we, look, we've had, um, I said, since 1949 when the first hedge fund was set up. Uh, that means we've got, uh, whatever, 60 years of experience. Uh, I'm seeing one near example of systemic threat from long-term capital management. I think that's a reasonably good record uh, for an industry. Sure.
0: So you don't see a need for regulation?
1: In my book, what I argue is that if a hedge fund gets to be so big or so leveraged, or if it goes public, which I think changes the incentive for risk management, then it becomes de facto like an investment bank and it should be regulated like an investment bank. But I also think that by any reasonable test 99 percent of hedge funds out there right now are small enough to fail. They're not systemic and the question for regulators is you have limited energy. You cannot go and police every single financial institution uh, in the world. So you ought to pick your shots And are these guys really your priority that you should go after them? Uh, Would you understand what you were seeing if you did go after them? It seems to me that financial risk is not gonna go away. It's gonna be somewhere, and it's better to have it housed in these small enough to fail hedge funds rather than too big to fail banks. And so actually regulators on balance should be happy when hedge funds take risk, uh, you know, are out there on the frontiers of finance because that frontier, that future of finance is more attractive than the alternative of a lot of risk-taking in the too-big-to-fail systemic, systemic institutions.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's, as much as anything else, a public relations issue for hedge funds.
1: It's a public relations issue. It's also an issue that, of course, we never know for sure. I mean, I'm talking about probabilities, and everybody else who discusses the risk of hedge funds is talking about probabilities. And so there is an instinct, which is understandable, saying, well, you don't know for sure, that hedge funds are totally safe, so let's just be, you know, be cautious and regulate them to be on the safe side. And to me, that smacks, frankly, of the European attitude towards genetically modified food, which is, we can't find any science that says it's bad for your health, we can't find any science that says it's bad for the environment, but we're not sure, so we'll regulate it anyway. And in my view, that precautionary regulation is, is too much, because we have limited energy to regulate everything in life, and we have to make choices. And if we cannot see positive evidence that something is risky, let's focus on the stuff that we know to be risky, like too-big-to-fail banks, as opposed to dissipating our energy, chasing these small hedge funds, which on the basis of historical experience are relatively safe.
0: Okay. Well, Sebastian, thank you very much for sharing your insights with us today. And thank you for watching. You can access our full catalog of content at cfainstitute.org.